Today is Monday, January 27th. It's one day following the passing of Kobe Bryant. And uh, it's been an interesting day. I think we've all experienced it. Um, it seems almost like an entire nation uh, is mourning today. So uh, on my mind and kind of on my heart too is a question I want to talk with you guys about today. And you know, the question is, what are we really mourning today? You know, we have uh, an entire nation, millions of people who are mourning right now, who uh, when they went to work this morning, when they got up, they're, they felt heavy, emotionally numb, uh, just kind of lost a little bit. And so the question is, you know, we have this uh, amazing person who we've lost, but truthfully, uh, this, this person, he's still a stranger to us. The question for us today is, you know, what is it that we're actually mourning today? Before we get into that, though, I just want to say uh, hello and uh, welcome. It's our first uh, episode of our new podcast. We've kind of flirted about this a little bit from the stage. Uh, the idea is uh, it's going to be kind of a microcast, right? The idea is, is not to reach the ends of the globe. We're not trying to build a, a huge you know, following of millions. The goal here is to kind of have a place for us to continue our conversations from the stage, from our classes. Uh, we are primarily focused here on, you know, our, our Grace family. You know, there's so much uh, in our growth with God and on this journey. We're always opening up these uh, Pandora's boxes of these deep things of life and God and, and faith. And yet, you know, we're on a Sunday morning, we're confined to, you know, a half an hour or whatever it is. And in classes, we're confined, you know, to our time. And so I want to have a place for us to kind of continue to have our, our discussions. Um, as a family of faith. And so what's funny about this is our podcast is not even supposed to launch uh, until like the first week of March. But I really wanted to get this out there. So consider this a soft launch. We don't even have a name yet uh, for this podcast, but it's okay. I want to I start this conversation with us because it's it seems like such an important day and I don't want to miss this opportunity to, to have this discussion while we're still uh, tender, while it's still close, you know. And so, uh, you know, when we do launch though, when the podcast gets rolling, in March, uh, it's going to be interesting. We have a uh, you know all sorts of content available. Um, you know, so a primary thing we're going to do here is, you know, for me, uh, I just need a place to kind of talk with you guys, to process things, to kind of go deeper things we might touch on uh, in a sermon. So, we'll have some solo talks. Well, it'll just be me kind of rambling with you guys and uh, having our conversation continue from the stage, from a classroom. And so, it'll be things we talk about. You know, uh, that I might mention. Um, you know, I'm passing from the stage, or I might get a question about it. It might, might be part of a, a sermon that we did on a Sunday morning. I really just feel like there's so much more, uh, more there to open up. Um, also, some stories. We're going to have some stories from our church family. One of the best things I get to do as a pastor is to sit down and, and have coffee, have meals with some of you guys, and to get to know you. It's one of the best parts of being a pastor. And so there's so many amazing people and stories from this family that, you know, it's almost unfair that I and you know, a few of the pastors get to know these, but you guys don't get to hear them. And so I want this to be a good place to, to kind of share those stories. So we're going to be bringing some people from our own church on here, and I want their stories to kind of be heard and, and to be experienced because it's powerful. Um, we'll do some interviews, you know, when we have interesting people in town, or maybe I'll even have to do some, uh, you know, web interviews, things like that, you know, some people on staff. I know, you know, we've got people who you see working or busy every day in our church family, but you don't really know them, you know, and so uh, I want a chance for you to kind of get to, to meet some of our leaders and just some of the people 
uh, at Grace Church that, that make this place so different and special and uh, unique. And then obviously the one thing that we used to do all the time was Q&As, right? The, it's, a, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do, but we've, we've, we've had trouble kind of finding time for it lately, and so I think this is going to be a great place for it. So we're going to give you guys a place to kind of send questions and interact with us, because I just, you know, as you all know, uh, I love good question. And so, uh, you know, we'll have episodes where, you know, it's just a half hour of answering questions. Whatever you guys send in, we'll talk about anything. As you guys know at Grace Church, there's no question that's off the table for us. And so I'm excited to open up and, and to all that stuff. And so until March when we launch, I might do a few more of these kind of soft launch episodes just to kind of get us comfortable together and uh, look forward to what's coming. But today kind of brings us back to kind of the, uh, the heaviness of today. Uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, most of us saw on Facebook or Twitter or we got text or we saw on TV, but Kobe Bryant passed uh, in a helicopter. Uh, he was taking his daughter to a game, uh, and, you know, as we've all seen, there were uh, nine people who passed. So I do want to take a second to just kind of be reverent here, because we know that life is precious, and the scriptures were told that, you know, we're supposed to mourn with those who mourn. It's one of the, the most Christ-like things we do is we slow down and we offer the one commodity that, uh, that all people have uh, in a sparing small amount, which is our time. And so it's one of the things that we do is we slow down life and we offer our time to, to show value to, to other people, to, to life. So one of the things that we're going to do, uh, just, just real quick, I, I do want to run down the names. I'm just going to say the first name of uh, some of these passengers because, uh, to be honest, I don't know how to pronounce your last name and uh, I don't want to ruin that and be uh, just uh, a reverence. What we're going to do is just, if you're driving, if you're, if you're exercising, if you got this podcast in the background, just kind of internally kind of slow yourself down. And we just want to uh, acknowledge the value of these people and just kind of mourn with the families who are mourning. And, and so... First name, of course, we all know. First victim on this helicopter, Kobe Bryant. He was 41. His daughter, Gigi, 13. Our next passenger was Alyssa. Her father, John. And Alyssa's mother, her name is Carrie. And then we have another uh, child in her teens. Uh, her name was Christina. And we have another child, a middle schooler, Peyton. Peyton's mother, Sarah. And then we have the pilot. Her name was uh, Ara. So we lost nine lives um, in this helicopter crash. Now I want to zoom out a little bit from this and we're going to do some honest digging uh, with this experience because, again, we, in this odd way, right, as a nation, we're all experiencing this emotional rawness, okay? And we know the value of life. We know the value of uh, each of these names, and each of these names has a, a web of uh, relationships, of family, friends, neighbors, teachers, all these different things, right? And, and they are mourning a deep loss in their life. But for most of us, we've never met any of these people. We've never shaken their hand. They don't know our children's names. They don't know our names. Uh, you know, we don't know their stories. They don't know our stories. 
And so for the most part, there are millions of people, including myself today, who are feeling emotionally heavy in the moment that we lost a stranger. These people who we honestly do not know. So the question becomes, what is it that we're actually mourning uh, today as we all feel this together? And it's such a powerful question for us. It's not a disrespectful question. It's a very important one. You know, if, um, in these moments, uh, you know, of experiencing uh, compassion, pain, loss, uh, these are always invitations. As a pastor doing funerals, things like that, I've learned that these are the moments where even when the loss might not touch us directly, it opens up a, a slim, uh, kind of a fleeting opportunity for us to ask some very important questions, for us to feel very deep emotions and to go places in our souls and our minds that we normally are not able to easily access. And so these moments, honestly, should not be wasted. These are very important moments. And so for us, this question is, again, what is it uh, on this Monday that we're actually mourning? What is it that our emotions are feeling? Why are we heavy or shocked or in awe? Why was the first reaction for most people who heard that Kobe Bryant had died was to search the internet to make sure it wasn't a hoax, to make sure it was real? Why do we need to do that? And so what's going on here is it really is just a phenomenal thing to see so, so many people who are feeling this so deeply. Um, about two hours after the news had broken of this helicopter crash, thousands of people gathered outside of the Staples Arena. I mean, crowds of people. It wasn't organized. There was no one on like a microphone uh, leading them and, you know, in some type of rally or, you know, prayers. You know, it wasn't like a church scheduled a meeting there. But thousands of strangers who don't know each other all met in, a, in this one public location, and all that they were doing was mourning. They, it's almost like this very deep human need to have a connection when we experience loss. You see thousands of strangers gather into one place communally to mourn together, honestly, for someone else who is a stranger to them. And so the question for us is, what is it that's so deep that we're seeing here? What is it that we're mourning? What is touching us in such a powerful way that would draw us and move us like this. I mean, honestly, I mean, the, the entire country's feeling. I'm not saying every individual is, but as a whole, it's affecting us in a very um, profound way. And so, you know, uh, we're just going to just have time to kind of to lightly open this up, and, you know, we, we might do some more episodes on it. If we have some more questions, but here are a few things that uh, are important for us to notice. They, there are some things that, that we are actually mourning right now. And this sounds, um, might be new or strange to you, but the first thing that we are mourning, right, if we don't have any direct connection to Kobe Bryant other than what we have seen on TV as he played basketball, the pictures we've seen of uh, he and his, da his daughter, what we're really mourning today is the loss of a lie. Now, this sounds a little bit uh, strange. But the first thing that's happening right now is that our very fabric, the, the story that we've told ourselves of the world that we live in is being, sh it's being shaken right now. It's being disturbed, right? Kobe Bryant is a fixture of the background of our stories, honestly. 
He's one of those those uh, those characters, or those those people who are just kind of fixtures in the world that we've come to know. We might not really even be uh, basketball fans, but we've known of him, right? We've known of this person. And what happens is is that when someone who has become more than a person, he's become almost a a symbol or a character in our story, something so integral to the background of our lives begins to be shaken. It makes us begin to to question other things. What's what's happened is, is that we've lost the lie of security today. First thing that everyone who's listening to me right now, if you are experiencing any mourning at all, if you've been affected by this story at all, the first thing that you're mourning is the loss of the lie of security, safety. Our story is being disrupted. And uh, so at Grace Church, if, if you've been here with us last few weeks, we're doing a, a series about the power of stories that, uh, that basically human beings have to weave a story to make sense of the world, right? Um, I've seen this before with, you know, uh, the concepts of creation, right? Every civilization has a creation story, right? The stories about, you know, uh, you know, the world was created by this one God who happened to be the sun, and we have a, a name for this God, you know. Um, and then the moon happens to be the, that, that God's sun. Or uh, I know there's a, uh, an Aztec story where the big ball in the sky uh, chose to eat this other God, and, and then they chose to, you know, the stories are crazy, right? But it's an innately human thing to, to tell stories to make sense of the world. And so everything that we do is embedded with stories, the way that, uh, the, the way that men act as opposed to women act, the clothes that, that someone who's successful are supposed to wear, what, uh, you know, gracious, uh, you know, what it means to be a Razorback fan. There's a deep embedded story. What it means to be part of the SEC. There's deep embedded stories that give our lives meaning. The reason that people lose their minds at sporting events because these these symbols and stories have become, they've shaped their lives. Uh, politics are some of the most powerful stories that shape our world. And of course, theology, being uh, faith, whatever that is, whether you believe in, you know, a, a, a big bang or six-day creation, I'm in Jesus or um, Buddha, whatever it is, right, these stories are are shaping, they, they create a fabric of sanity for us where we can, where we can figure out how to navigate the world. And the first thing that we're mourning today is that our very fabric, the stability of our world's been shaken. Something that we, that we thought was stable, a fixture in our lives has been, has been shaken. And when that first domino of safety or security falls, it's not the last one. We begin to look at other things. What, what else is going to move or be broken? And so at the same time that we mourn the loss of a lie, we also mourn the loss of this illusion that the lie has uh, produced for us. It's a very American thing, especially. We have this uh, illusion of control, right? The idea that if we do this thing plus this thing, then here's the outcome. If you work really hard and if you're a good person, then good things happen, right? There's all sorts of stories, right? If you're a Christian, you're told if you give uh, 10% of your money and if you obey God and you don't sin, then he will bless you, right? Uh, you know, all these different things, right? But this illusion of control, right, that in some way, shape, or form, I have control over my life and over people around me. If you're a parent, right, the illusion that you have the ability to protect your children. It's, with this story, it's one thing 
if, if it were just Kobe Bryant, he passed. But to, to see pictures online today of he, uh, Kobe holding his little girl when she was a baby, and then when she was five or seven, and then now that she was 13, and, and it starts hitting way too close to home. If someone like Kobe Bryant, who was uh, influential and powerful and rich, and if he had all the resources of this world, and he couldn't keep his, his child safe, then what does that mean for me? I've lost the illusion of control. I've lost the illusion that I have control to keep my, my people safe, my children safe, myself safe, my dreams safe, my possessions safe. Of course, this takes us right back to politics right now, right? Most people will be voting for a candidate that provides the illusion that they will help protect the things that matter most to them. And that's what's a very powerful thing that we're not willing to give up. And so today we're mourning the loss of this illusion that we have any control over what happens to things that mean the most to us, whether it's ourselves or, or other people or things or achievements, we have no control. And every time we experience something that comes so close, that just shakes us. Uh, when we go to the funeral for someone who was close to us, someone who was so healthy or looked young or it shouldn't happen to someone in their 40s, blah, 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 right? These things shake us to our core because we lose this illusion that we need to go through the world, uh, just kind of make it through the day. So what we're really mourning today is the loss of a lie, the loss of an illusion of control or stability. Uh, and then we're also mourning uh, just the loss of a unifying story. That might sound complex, uh, a unifying story. But what I mean is you've lost today a world that makes sense to you. Let that kind of ring in, right? When you first heard the news, if you were affected by this deeply, the first thing that you did was you were just numb, right? You didn't believe it, right? Because there's no way that this could be the way the world works. That someone who should be safe, someone who is young, someone who shouldn't die like this, again, you know, what kind of world do we live in if an innocent 13-year-old girl on her way to play a basketball game is able to die like this. We've lost a unifying story, or another way to say this is, today we're, we're mourning that we've lost a world that makes sense. Because as children, we're taught that bad things happen to bad people, good things happen to good people, and that's the way it should work. And even though if I ask you face-to-face -face right now, you'd tell me that you don't believe that's how it works. Uh, if I had a few questions to ask you, I could help you find how you've created a story that tells you that good things happen to good people. It's still in there. It's inside of us because we need to live in a world that makes sense where we know how to win, if you would, or even just survive. It has to make sense. You know, We can't live in a world where these types of things happen to good people or even just innocent people, right? You know, I think as a pastor, especially in sports, you hear this a lot. You hear that, you know, God has a plan. Uh, you know, if you, if you follow, uh, you know, sports or uh, recruiting, if a player gets traded or if they get injured or if a high school kid commits to the Razorbacks in their, you know, story about, you know, I chose this school or whatever, that's always, oh, well, God has a plan. The moment that a big athlete gets hurt and they're out for the season, their response is, well, you know, God has a plan. And, of course, we do this in everything we face. You know, if we lose our job, someone will say, oh, you know, well, you know, I'm sure God has a plan for it, right? You know, when... 
when God closes a door, he opens a window, something like that, right? It's not that any of this is true or not true. The point is that as humans, we need this. We have to believe that our world makes sense. There has to be a reason behind things, right? You can call it providence or fate, but there has to be meaning to things or else as human beings, we begin to just to crumble. <sighs> and so, again, we've, we've covered three things that we're mourning. We're mourning the loss of the life, security, stability. Uh, we've, we're mourning the loss of the illusion of control, that we have the ability in any way, shape, or form to dictate what happens to us or the people or things we love the most. We're mourning that we've lost a world that makes sense to us. And there's two more things that we're actually mourning. And these aren't really things that we've lost. These things were gained. But, but truthfully, they're things that we did not want to gain. And so we're mourning that we have gained a reminder of our immortality, our smallness. <laughs> you know, we're mourning today that we've been reminded that what's been gained, what's been put into our pockets, is a fresh reminder of how small we are, how fragile our lives are difficult thing to swallow, right? If you go to any culture that we have their, you know, their ancient writings, there are some type of mythos or stories or, uh, you know, uh, heralds of heroes. And all of these stories, whether you're trying to read about Hercules or uh, King Solomon in the scriptures, these are stories of trying to make sense of, of our smallness, of our immortality. There's something in the human soul that, that, that doesn't, that has a hard time with endings. Something about the human soul that I just, that feels compelled to continue on, to not subdue to an ending. But yet our world gives us experiences, reminders that our lives are fleeting, that we are small and that we're fragile. It's a, it's a painful pill to swallow. Again, it's something to be mourned. It's something that you might not even be processing this in your mind directly, but it's something that we can feel it as we process it somewhere internally in the recesses of our subconscious, even emotionally. You can even feel it physically. You feel heavy. You feel sick. You feel numb. Right? These are ways that we're trying to, to cope with this experience, this reminder honestly, that we're not as safe as our soul desires to be. And so we're, we're, we're mourning the loss of a lie, of an illusion, of a world that makes sense. And we're also mourning that we've gained a reminder of our smallness, of our fragility. But the last thing that we're mourning, we're mourning the gain, the experience of our misplaced priorities. You know, when you see pictures of Kobe Bryant, one of the things that's being said about him, to his credit, was how since he's retired and uh, honestly since the birth of his, his daughters, that this is a man who prioritized his family, who uh, the, the pictures we've seen of this uh, famous sports star the last, I guess, five years have not really been about, uh, you know, his sports accolades. We've seen pictures of him with his wife, with his children, and especially with his oldest girl, Gigi, who, who passed in this crash. Uh, I know myself on Instagram or Twitter, I, I've been hearing more and more about his daughter, about uh, how talented she is, about how Kobe was spending the majority of his time 
coaching this uh, travel basketball team for his daughter, how proud he was of her. And what's so amazing about this experience and, and just um, deeply moving is we, in a very small but powerful way, we glimpse a person and a family, a father and a daughter, who are prioritizing what really matters. Even though it's a man who prioritized winning championships and gaining fame and, and you know, accolades and achievements and money, you know, in the same way that some of us have, we also watched a familiar person walking out a story of something that has even greater meaning. A man who spent his last few years focusing on his daughters. And it, it rings a chord inside of us. It reminds us. These are the things that matter most. And it's a frustrating chord to be played in our hearts because we realize how much of our time and energy is spent at work, doing deadlines, meeting goals, achieving this thing or that thing, trying to impress this person or that person, trying to, uh, you know, to maintain our image or status or whatever our, our, our uh, life energy has been poured into. The odds are it hasn't gone to the things that matter most. Rarely can we say that our family gets our best. And so what we're mourning today is that our priorities are misplaced. That the majority of our life is poured into things that truly don't matter as much as the things that do. You know, you, you hear it said all the time, hey, you know, how would you live today if you knew it was your last? How would you live this year if you were told you only had one more year to live? And we all love and hate that question because we know where we would spend our time and energy if we only had one day left. We wouldn't go to work. We wouldn't do that. That's garbage compared to things that matter. The things in this world that matter have faces. Right? It's, our, it's, it's our family. It's our friends. These are the people that matter most to us. Right? These are the, you know, the priorities that matter most in life. But yet it's not the place that our energy goes. And so what happens is, though, it's, it's you know, even when we're, we strike this chord of what matters most, you know, what do we do with that? The problem is if I live every day as if it were my last day, you know, what happens to our bank account? What happens to my job? What happens to the, the mortgage? What happens to our car payment, right? It's impractical. This world demands that we pay attention to things that don't matter, right? It's a difficult struggle to figure out. And so again, we mourn this because it, this experience of watching this man and his daughter, this father and daughter pass, it reminds us of, of what we should be doing. We, on Twitter and Facebook and TV for the next week, you'll uh, hear people tell you, you know, to call your loved ones, hug them when they're close. And as powerful as that is, we know that a hug or a call or a text or a kiss, as great as those are in the moment, that's not what our family really needs. They need us to be there consistently be present emotionally, mentally, physically, more often to pull ourselves to the things that matter most, to make space in our lives for them. And yet again, this creates a mourning inside us because we know how difficult this is, how, how hard it is. It's not simple. We don't have an answer for that yet. And so we're mourning today. We're carrying a heaviness because there's, there's a problem or problems so big that we can't fix them in a moment or a minute or a day or even a week. So what do we do with them? We're mourning the loss of the lie of security, the loss of the illusion of control, the loss of a world that makes sense to us. 
or mourning that we have had to gain an experience or a reminder of our smallness and immortality, or mourning that we have had to gain a reminder that our priorities are misplaced, that we are not giving our best to the things that matter most. And so it takes us to our choice. We've been affected by this. We're now awake to what this is, what is stirring inside of our hearts and our souls. And so we're left with a very difficult choice. Are we we going to first choose to reject this experience? Or are we going to choose to embrace this experience? Now, most of us, and it's not because we're bad people, but because life goes on and we have to survive, most of us will choose to reject this experience. What I mean by this is you will find a way, some kind of coping mechanism, whether it's numbness, whether it's uh, distraction, whether you, you know, when uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, thing comes on TV, you change the channel, whether it's uh, busyness or through alcohol or some, whatever it is, some way we will choose to go on with life and to compartmentalize us, to put this in a box, this experience, this mourning, this heaviness, we're going to box it away because we don't have time to deal with it. So we're going to choose to reject this experience and to push it away. So it will affect us for one day, maybe two, maybe a week, but we will find a way to reject this experience, not allow it to change us, to put this thing away, to box it away in the closet or the recesses of our mind or our hearts. Now, the other choice is to embrace it. And to embrace it is the more difficult path. To embrace it means that we're not willing to to give up this profound opportunity to grow, to change, to move forward in our maturity, to become more like the people we know we want to be, right? And to embrace this is a very difficult choice. But what this means primarily is that we're not going to run away or ignore or to... uh, justify these emotions with some kind of silly story to write it off. We're not going to find a way to just run past it. We're going to let these questions, we're going to let these these things that stirred up in our soul and our minds, we're going to let it uh, accomplish what it needs to accomplish. We're going to let these questions stay with us. We're going to move forward with it. So what's going to happen here with us if we choose to embrace this? What we're going to have to do is with the lie of of security and stability, we're going to have to be willing to start facing a life that's not built on the lie or the illusion of control or stability. This is a very difficult thing to do, and there are all sorts of ways to do this. And here at Grace Church, we, we teach these formation classes on how to do this, the practicals of it. But just in general, we're going to wake up every morning and embrace that we live in a life that isn't stable, it's not secure. We live in a world where we don't have control over the future of ourselves or our children or the things that matter most to us. Now, what that's going to give us is an urgency, an awakeness. I can't afford another day of sleepwalking through my day. I can't afford another day of coming home and being physically present, but being emotionally absent. I can't afford another day of just going through the motions. This hard reality, this reminder that I'm not going to live a lie, I'm not going to allow this uh, illusion of control, means that every day I've got to live it fully present, awake, and alive. It's difficult, but it's a gift if you allow it to be. 
the next thing that we're going to have to do is we're going to have to let go. We're going to have to allow ourselves to let go of a world that used to make sense to us. The cheap answers and solutions and formulas, well, God always has a plan and, you know, blah, 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 blah. We're going to have to let go of those things. And we're going to have to go on a hunt to discover a bigger, deeper story that makes this world have sense. If you ask me, I do believe there is a way to look at this world and of our, our existence and interactions with each other and the ugly, awful things in this world and the beautiful things of this world. I think there is a, a story, there is a way to make sense of it that allows us to accept the darkness in this world and to face it but also allows us to enjoy, embrace, and savor the beauty of this world and to enjoy being in this world. But it takes work. It takes being willing to let go of a simplistic story to embrace a bigger, deeper story, which I believe is found in Christ. The next thing that we're going to do if we choose to embrace this experience is we're going to choose to allow this morning, this heaviness, to be a fuel for us to reprioritize our life. Obviously, if it was my last day on earth, I would not go to work. I would spend it with all with my the people who meant the most to me, right? But we know we can't just quit our jobs. But what we can do is begin to make this a conscious thing we keep in our emotions. We write it down. We begin to plan for it. How do I give more of, of myself, of my mental, emotional presence, of my physical presence? How do I give more of the best of me to the people and things that matter most in life. And we can begin to move towards this. We can't fix it in a day or a week, but we can begin to move in this direction. We can begin to allow this gnawing need or this just kind of in the back of our mind or consciousness, this pull to prioritize the things that matter most, the things that we know are fleeting. The older we get, the faster the, the, the years go by. We don't have any time to waste. We need to give ourselves the things that matter most, because what really matters in this world, right? So that's what it's going to look like. If we choose, we can choose to reject this experience, this heavy day, uh, this, this experience of losing these nine victims and this one man who we've known from afar, we've known his story and we've watched him accomplish great things, but we've also watched this man prioritize what matters most in his daughters, his wife. We can allow this to just be something that's just a blip on the radar that we, we mentioned in passing every couple of years. Oh, man, that one day. You know, I know where I was when Kobe, when his helicopter crashed. Or we can choose to embrace this, to realize the emotions we're experiencing are not just about Kobe Bryant's passing. As tragic as this is, there's a very personal, emotional depth that we are experiencing today. We can choose to allow ourselves to to follow these, these weeds down deeper. Where is this heaviness coming from? Where is this strain or fear or frustration coming from? And allow it to draw us to, to the bigger questions of life, to figure out what really matters, and to prioritize the things that matter most. So my uh, heart for you today, that you would not reject this experience. You wouldn't find a way to, to box it away, to ignore it, to move on. You would allow this heaviness of this loss and this day and this experience to take you deeper, to find a, a, a deeper, bigger story that makes sense of the darkness and the beauty of this world. That you would allow this to, to compel you 
to reprioritize your life, to begin moving in direction to give the best of yourself to the things that matter most. That's my heart for you today. Now, it's our first talk. It's a little heavy one. Not all our talks are going to be this heavy. I, I know this is our, you know it's a deep end to jump into of our uh, soft launch, soft yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it's fitting, right? We are here to talk about the things that matter, the deep things. We're not here for the shallow end of the pool, right? And so, uh, stay tuned. We plan to march uh, uh, to launch this thing officially, the podcast officially, and the, the first week of March. But stay tuned. We might have a few more soft launch. Uh, episodes. Maybe if I get uh, you know, a few kind of ideas or a sermon gets my imagination going, I might jump on here and do a few more. Stay tuned. Uh, if you are local, uh, if, you, if you can join us, if you don't have a church, if you're just kind of searching through life, you're curious, or you've uh, given up on church, maybe, well, I, I think you want, it's a good place to visit. Give us a try. So uh, <laughs> hopefully I see you guys at Grace Church on Sunday mornings. And uh, if you're not local, well, glad you joined us today. Uh, Please uh, check back with us. We're going to continue this conversation about the things that matter most in life. Uh, Just begin to to dive into the deep end of the pool, and you're always invited to join us. And once we get this thing rolling, we actually get a name for it, and we actually get an email address for you guys to send us some some questions. And uh, I'm just excited to continue our conversation. And again, these are the things that get me excited, these things that kind of bring me to life uh, for us to continue to, uh, to connect to go deeper together. So I pray that you're blessed by it. You got something out of it. Until next time.